Climate Watch is CGTN Radio's new podcast focusing on the impact of climate change. We have conversations with people on the front line about this critical issue. Listen to Climate Watch on all major podcast platforms and join us in taking action to save the planet we call home. Hello and welcome to The Top Story, a podcast with the headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Tian Yu. Coming up in this edition, Israel has ordered a complete siege on Gaza amid intensified conflict with Hamas. The issue of immigration is heating up in the United States following a White House decision to continue building the border wall between the U.S. and Mexico. And South Africa is taking steps to resolve a huge food waste problem. We begin with the latest on the Israel-Palestine conflict. Israel has intensified its airstrikes in Gaza, imposing what it calls a complete siege on the Palestinian enclave. The country has also called up an unprecedented 300,000 reservists. Israeli media say attacks by Hamas have killed 900 people. Meanwhile, Gaza's health ministry says Israeli airstrikes have resulted in over 700 deaths. John Gambrell reports from Jerusalem. We've heard from Prime Minister Netanyahu, who issued a stark warning to Hamas, saying Hamas wanted a war, it will get a war. Dear Israeli citizens, at the end of this campaign, all of our enemies will know that it was a grave mistake to attack Israel. This comes as the death toll from this unprecedented attack by Hamas that started on Saturday has only risen moving forward. Many analysts believe that we're going to see a ground operation target the Gaza Strip by the Israelis. We've seen armored personnel carriers, tanks line up on the border. Prime Minister Netanyahu did not give away when that potential ground operation would start. However, we have seen almost continuous airstrikes targeting the Gaza Strip since Saturday. Now, Hamas has issued a threat to those over 100 Israeli hostages that they hold inside of the Strip, saying that if Israel launches any airstrike targeting a civilian area without giving a warning, that it will kill a hostage videotape it and release that publicly. This may just be a threat by Hamas to try to limit these airstrikes that have just been pounding Gaza in the time since. But all this together, as well as an uptick in violence that we're seeing to the north with the Lebanese Hezbollah, just going to show that this conflict may only get worse as time goes on. That was John Gambrell updating the conflict in Gaza. Violence has also spread to the border between Israel and Lebanon. Israel says one of its officers was killed during a cross-border raid claimed by Palestinians in Lebanon. In response, Israel launched air raids on the country's south. Lebanon-based Hezbollah says three of its soldiers were killed in the shelling. The group then attacked two Israeli camps. Hezbollah and Israel have traded sporadic fire over the border since 2006. The escalation has forced many residents in southern Lebanon to flee their homes around the border area. Zara Alderzi has more on this. We are now in front of Ruwaysat al-Alam, the area targeted by Hezbollah with the guided missiles and mortars. Israeli artillery has targeted Al-Khraibi area recently with a mortar attack. Calm has prevailed at the Lebanese-Israeli borders following an Israeli attack that targeted a tent belonging to Hezbollah, which the Lebanese group re-established after it was destroyed by an Israeli shells. Earlier on Sunday morning. 
The attack by Tel Aviv was in response to Hezbollah's attack targeting three Israeli sites in Shabal Farms, Ruwaysat al-Alam, Didradar, and Zibdin. The Lebanese National Agency reports two children have been injured by sharp nails caused by Israel's shelling of Kfarshuba. Hezbollah has claimed responsibility for its actions in a statement saying that the attacks were in solidarity with Palestine. UNIFIL spokesperson Andrea Tenetti says they are in contact with authorities on both sides of the blue line to contain the situation in south of Lebanon and avoid a dangerous escalation. The head of the Executive Council of Hezbollah has said that the group is not neutral in the escalating conflict launched by the Palestinian group Hamas. That was Zara Adersi reporting from the Lebanon-Israel border. Still in Asia, three days after one of the deadliest earthquakes in Afghanistan, people in the affected areas are desperate for relief efforts, food, shelter, and other supplies. In the western province of Herat, rescuers and villagers are still digging through the rubble, hoping to find more survivors. The Afghan government says the earthquakes have killed at least 2,400 people. The tremors are among some of the deadliest so far this year. Zmari Ali Abbasin has more. Well, the situation is far worse and the it's, uh, tragedy uh, has been happening in Afghanistan since last couple of decades. It's unprecedented and I saw really tragic scenes in different areas. Well, I was on the side in Zindajan district. I saw there were desperate people, uh, though most of them were uh, allocated or transferred to other places, including where I am standing uh, now in Herat city. Right here, it's a closer IDP's camp uh, where there are more than a hundred families living and also in the other corners and other districts w which are a little bit secure. Uh, I also went to uh, 207th uh, Alfaruka and there was packs of dead bodies inside cantinas and I saw dozens of cantinas uh, and I, when I asked them, they said they are here to transfer the dead bodies from the area. On the other hand, I visited hospitals and health facilities. The situation is uh, totally desperate, uh, desperate there. I also spoke with the acting health minister of the country and he said that they are in close coordination with international and national organizations. And also the uh, Chinese uh, Red Cross Society was also able to announce a $200,000 assistance uh, in cash to the uh, Afghan Red Crescent Society which are still uh, on the way and they it would be delivered to the affected families. So the situation is far more worse and it's really heart-wrenching uh, uh, when you see their uh, families and individuals who have lost their entire families and still grieving in different parts of the country including uh, the worst hit area in Zindajan. That was Samari Ali Abbasin reporting in Afghanistan. Turning to North America, immigration is a key issue ahead of next year's U.S. presidential election and is only heating up following a decision last week by the Biden administration to build another part of the border wall between the U.S. and Mexico. Frank Contreras reports. Rio Grande City, Texas. Population a little over 14,000. Every part of this rural, mostly Mexican-American town is a reminder that it's near the border with Mexico. 
The local junior high is named after a Mexican-American music teacher and civil rights activist, Roque Guerra Jr. This rich combination of U.S. and Mexican cultures is on full display at this local restaurant called El Jaripeo. Manager Jose Luis Lerma, himself a migrant, makes certain his customers get authentic Mexican cuisine. The restaurant's walls demonstrate the mixture of these cultures. Lerma knows that the Biden administration is going ahead with plans to build another part of the border wall nearby. Whether or not they build the wall, people will continue migrating to this side of the border. The real solution is for these countries to find ways to help people come here and improve their lives. We've come to a local park named after Mexican-American entrepreneur Basilio Villarreal. It's a place where families and young people come to enjoy themselves. Resident Noemi Hernandez, a migrant from Mexico, says humans naturally seek to improve their lives. People sacrifice so much to come here, including time with their families. They seek freedom and employment. We are Mexicans, and Mexicans want to get ahead in life. This man, a migrant and petroleum industry worker, says he's not too worried about a new border wall. With or without the wall, the people will come. We seek opportunities. We want to be where the money is. Many others we spoke with here had no idea that in the coming days, construction will begin on yet another piece of the wall separating the United States from Mexico. Frank Contreras, CGTN, Rio Grande City, Texas. That was Frank Contreras reporting. Finally, in Africa, South Africa is taking steps to resolve a huge food waste problem in the country. It's hoped the government initiative can help reduce food waste, encourage grocery retailers to adapt their business models, and ushering a regulated food donation regime. Ulyssa Nyamela has more from Johannesburg. An estimated 12,600 million tons of food is wasted in South Africa every year. That's according to Statistics South Africa, Ostets SA. It says that's enough to help millions of struggling households across the country put food on the table. A general household survey by the agency asserts that more than 23 million people are not only experiencing food insecurity, but they're also not getting the kinds of food that form a healthy diet. In South Africa, often we look at food um, insecurity as only a food access in terms of the uh, amount of foods that people eat. But I think what's also important, this is what we're trying to do in this index of ours, is also to measure whether people get this right range of food. You know, often people have got enough, uh, let's say, pop to eat, or they have, um, you know, high cholesterol, um, you know, fatty meats to eat, but they don't necessarily eat fresh fruits and, you know, other kind of foods. Also, they don't necessarily have the right foods for um, the particular um, age of the particular person, a child, for instance, an adult or an older person. South Africa is among countries facing elevated levels of food insecurity, exacerbated by the impact of COVID-19, which caused many households to experience severe food shortages. 
According to the Agricultural Business Chamber, South Africa has more than enough food to feed all its people, yet we have one of the highest incidences of child malnutrition currently at 27.5%. But the challenge is not so much the unavailability of food but rather the fact that a number of households in South Africa pretty much don't have any income. How do we create employment and ensure that as many households as possible, they can have some level of income so that they can be able to acquire food? The state has published its strategy for reducing these food losses. One of the proposals is for retailers to optimize packaging. This will see companies encouraged to invest in the latest packaging innovations to increase the shelf life of food, thereby giving it a better chance to get to those who need it through food donation programs rather than being discarded. One of the things I think that we've um, seen over time is that if we have adequate level of data, uh, which we can see distributions of populations, we can identify, let's call it poverty pockets or food insecurity pockets, which can then be uh, specifically focused on uh, by government agencies, private agencies, NGOs, and so forth. And, you know, often the solution is more than just providing food. Often the solution is, of course, more than providing only work, but it can be providing uh, a variety of means like gardens or, um, you know, helping people to help themselves or whatever the case would be. Um, I think the main thing is just to know where we have the the food insecurity and then to address it in one way or another. Other countries have over the years introduced legislation to deal with food wastage. For instance, Chinese lawmakers in 2021 voted to adopt an anti-food waste law. It aims to promote societal awareness around the benefit of frugality, which has always been a traditional virtue of the Chinese nation. That was Yulisa Nyamela on South Africa's battle against food waste. Recapping today's headlines, Israel has ordered a complete siege on Gaza amid intensified conflict with Hamas. The issue of immigration is heating up in the United States following a White House decision to continue building the border wall between the U.S. and Mexico. And South Africa is taking steps to resolve a huge food waste problem. And that's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Tian Yu. Thank you for listening.